Hey everyone, welcome to Mark My Words, the only podcast for independent paint and hardware retailers. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today. I have a really cool guest uh, with me this afternoon, Russell Brasher. Uh, Russell is the newest Benjamin Moore retailer in the United States. Russell is entering the business through a program that you've heard me talk a little bit about here. I've even written a little bit about it, the NEP program uh, at Benjamin Moore. NEP stands for New Entrepreneur Program. And, and with this program, what they do is they help identify people that they feel would be uh, uh, good paint retailers, or they re use the program to respond to people uh, that have expressed interest in being independent paint retailers. Uh, and then they walk them through that process. They, they help them identify uh, what the opportunity is in the market that they are interested in uh, working in, if there is an opportunity there. They help them through the process of opening stores, uh, building a business plan, uh, talking about funding. I, I, I know that uh, you'll hear Russell, he even mentions they help with uh, some of the funding for the right candidates. And so it's a really interesting story. He is uh, just uh, days away uh, from opening his first store. He's just outside of Los Angeles. And uh, so I, I think you're going to really enjoy uh, the, the experience of listening to him. So many of the retailers that I have on are, are people that have been in the industry for a very long time or have been independent retailers for a very long time. And so this is a really interesting perspective and a really different perspective. And so uh, give it a listen and, and shoot me a text or an email and let me know what you think. So, hey, everybody, I'm here today with uh, Russell Brasher. Russell is with Paint Garden, and they're in Riverside, California. Russell, how are you today? I'm great, Mark. And so thanks for being on my podcast today. You are, I'm really excited to have you on because you are possibly the newest Benjamin Moore retailer in the United States at the moment, right? Yes, I, thank you very much. It's our pleasure to be here, my pleasure to be here. And so you got in through the NEP program, correct? Yes, that's right. We're a new entrepreneur program uh, dealer for Benjamin Moore. Terrific. So tell me a little bit about the NEP program. I, I know a little bit about it from my time at Benjamin Moore and just from covering the industry for as long as I have. They, they identify retailers that are interested in becoming a Benjamin Moore uh, retailer, and, and then they support them in the process of opening up a store. But the details of that are, are not really known. So go ahead and share what that experience was like. Yeah, it was a great experience, I think, um, or it has been a great experience so far. And I don't think Benjamin Moore is necessarily so concerned with people that have a background in the paint industry. They're looking for good people. They're looking for somebody that's sharp, motivated, enthusiastic, ready to go, and has enough capital to get started, and maybe enough business savvy that with the help of Benjamin Moore, they could get a paint business open or a paint store open whether they have experience or not. And do they um, help with, uh, with the capital aspects or is that something that's entirely dependent on, on you? Are they just doing other sort of support? It's both. They, they help with capital in the form of material credits back to your store. Right. So you got to sell paint to get that money back. Right, right. But, but the well, that makes you know, sense. They are a paint manufacturer, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> but really, if you're doing all the things that are part of the program, then it shouldn't be much trouble to sell the paint that's required to get the money that they're giving you. Right. Um, 
And so they, there is a requirement for you to have a, enough capital and put together a business plan. And then there's a review of it and an analysis to determine whether it's viable. And, and, and then once it's a go, then they give you a, a retail store manager person who helps you do everything from the floor plan, the fixture plan, to connecting you to fixture companies and the sign company and everything else that is just, there's, there's an intense list of to do's when you're opening the store and right. just to be one person or even a family or a couple people trying to get all those things done is a challenge. I'm an experienced paint person with 30 years in the business and it's a challenge. I could only imagine for somebody that doesn't have the industry knowledge to know here's where you go for that. And here's where you go for that. And here's how much the price should be for that. And right. there's just a lot of insight that I, I'm lucky to have. And then by virtue of having Benjamin Moore there, to give me people and legs on the ground to run and do that stuff for me is very valuable. And so what has been, in your opinion, the, the single biggest or the two biggest pieces of that that they've offered? And I'm going to uh, follow that up with another question. What have been the one or two things that you wish they had offered now that you've been through that experience? I'd love to know that. Well, there's, I think the financial support is a big part of it because yep. you would be hesitant to really do the store to the nth degree, the way you'd like to do it, just for fear of cash flow issues and all kinds of things like that. So knowing that there's a roadmap there and, and you're going to get the money back and you've just got to it, – it, it, it helps you, I think, take the steps necessary to do it right from the beginning. So that's a big benefit. Um, again, everything from dating on the opening order and, and, and over the course of a year – Right. So you get you get dating over a year. You got to pay a portion of it each month. But again, um, for somebody just starting out from scratch, that's the that's a huge thing. They also have some programs with sundry suppliers that um, allow you to um, buy sundries and include those in your volume rebates and your volume buying to get your percentages down. Um, they connect you with those sundry suppliers. And by virtue of being part of the Benjamin Moore NEP program, you're almost automatically um, confirmed with them or you, you're, there's some validation that comes with it. So right. you, um, you get a credit line and you get extended dating and things that you might have trouble getting as a one-store independent guy going to people from the gate with no credit history or anything like that. Right. So there's a lot of benefits. You get the um, resources of a big company while still being a small guy. And so would you go so far as to say it was turnkey? Were, were, was it as simple as here's my check, I'm ready to go? Or were there some places where you'd like to see some improvements in the system? Um, it's hard to say that there would be, uh, there, it was more than I expected. So I really planned personally to have to do all this legwork and stuff myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I can't really identify things where I said I wish they would have done more. To oh, that's great. Truth. And again, I don't mean it for it to be a commercial. And I'm sure if I really thought about it, it could, there's some like-to-haves that would have been great there. But in the in general, um, again, you know, they they came and decorated my store for me. I'm the I'm the worker and I'm the manager and I've got to call the store fixture company and get the designs right and get the permits and have the construction company and coordinate all these activities. So I'm the you know the project manager. But I can just call, make a phone call and say, when can they have the store fixture set up people here? As opposed to trying to identify who the store fixture set up people should be and what's right. the cost and all those kinds of things. Right. So it's, it's not entirely turnkey, but it really is uh, 
like I'm a manager and I have a department of people who are helping me open my store that I would have otherwise had to pay for. So I can't quantify the value of that, but I would have had to pay a lot of extra money if I didn't have that resource. Right. Well, it sounds to me like you're having a terrific experience and I'm really glad to hear that, right? I mean, one of the yeah, so far, so good. One of the problems that this industry has struggled with over the course of the last 20 or so years, maybe a little bit more, is there has not been a lot of people. If you've been in and out of the independent channel, uh, you know there have not been a lot of people that have been standing up, uh, uh, raising their hand and saying, hey, I'm, I'm willing to be an independent retailer so uh, yes. I, I give you a lot of credit for doing it, uh, but I, I give them a lot of credit for putting together a program that, that brings people in. I think, it's a, I think it's a great step forward. I've had a lot of people that have come through the business and said, the store looks great, your plan sounds great, good luck, you're going to do great. But I've also had a lot of people that have come to me and said, wow, you're opening up a paint store? Right. And, uh, you know, are you crazy kind of, kind of talk. And, uh, right. And, uh, you know, pointing to other failures, of, uh, not necessarily failures, but other stores that have closed and things like that, that kind of point to maybe uh, difficult times ahead. Yeah. So we're yeah. not fooling ourselves to think that it's going to be an easy road. Um, there's a lot of things that we've got to do to be successful as an independent. Right. So to the extent that we can partner with big, bigger companies that have more wherewithal than we do uh, will help us. Um, a big part of our plan is to make sure that we can differentiate us from these other guys that I talked about in our neighborhood. Right. SW, PPG, the big guys that have all the money in the world to do anything. Right. But there's a lot of stuff they don't have. And so let's there's talk about that. How are you going to differentiate yourself in, in a crowded market? I mean, Riverside is only about 40 minutes uh, outside of Los Angeles. So there are a lot of people looking to sell paint in that market. How do you stand out? Absolutely. So we've got to, it's, a, it's an old thing and it, it might sound like cliche or something that everybody's done, but we really have to focus on service. And service is something that's not only helping somebody with, um, like it's not just fast service, it's expertise in the product. It's going the extra mile to give them advice. It's special orders. It's rebuilding guns in the shop and pumps for spray equipment. It's doing custom color matches. It's offering stain matches. It's doing workshops with vendors for and inviting customers so they can come and learn about the products. It's having a few odds and ends around the store and paying attention to the inventory to make sure that we're the place that they know they can find that one thing that they're not going to get at the other place. Yeah. Um, it's I always felt, <clears throat> I always felt, I don't mean to cut you off, but I always no. felt that that last point for me personally, I had two stores in New York City. That was always the most important thing to me is when you come into my stores to do a paint job, I need to make sure that you leave with everything you need to do that paint job. Because if you leave my store to go to Home Depot the, or Sherwin-Williams, the first thing you're going to be thinking is maybe I ought to just go there for everything. Right. Exactly. And... We have to have it. So, yeah. you know, you can't be all things to everybody, but maybe we have everything but one thing. And I've got a guy who can go hop in a van and go pick it up somewhere and take it to the customer. So now they do have a complete order and they won't get that service at a national store or at Home Depot. Right. Um, it's, it goes, you know, carrying the box out to the customer. Everybody, I'm sure there's a lot of retailers that do that kind of stuff. Yep. But 
but we just have to be almost fanatic about it. And they have to remember when they came to our store that they had an experience that was unlike one that they had at any of the other paint stores around town. Right, and exactly. And the next time they're going to buy paint, exactly. they got to say, I got to go to that store because they are awesome. And so tell me a little bit of, right. So tell me a little bit about the the business plan. You're starting with one store. That's yeah. the store you're opening now. Let's go back in time a little bit actually because you and I jumped right into the middle of this conversation. Uh, so so this is your first store. Uh, how many people are you planning on staffing it with? Are you going to have an outside salesman? Are you going to be uh, making deliveries right from the beginning? What's sort of the plan look like? Yeah, so good good question. One of the things that we did in advance was hire an outside salesperson before the store was ever open. Wow. So we, together with our Benjamin Moore representative, and um, we identified a bunch of candidates and people around town and uh, that are uh, salesmen that maybe are, are people that we'd want to consider. And then we found one, and we hired them with the expectation the store would be open in a month or so after him being hired. And the thought was that we could keep him busy and then, and, and then hit the ground running. Right. Uh, we had some construction delays in our store and, you know, delays are, are expected. Yep. Those are the kinds of things you can't plan for. We had an electrical issue in the building that cost us a couple few months and it was, it was tough, Right. but our salesman went out and sold anyway. And so we were picking up product at Benjamin Moore's distribution center and delivering it straight to customers. We already had bought delivery. We, were, we had already purchased delivery vehicles and had them wrapped and had an outside salesman before our building was ready. Wow. Um, so it wasn't the talking about situation. running with scissors, Russell, right? I'm telling you, wow. we're ready to rock and roll. Oh yeah. I like it. We were confident in our plan, but, um, but really the plan was to have the store open and we had the lease signed and it was an unexpected delay. And then COVID-19 hit after that, right. even more delay. Right. So we're actually about five months behind the opening of what we originally expected. Oh wow. Um, but we have been out in the marketplace and selling and doing things on the fly without a facility. And then the building has been sort of half open and we've been making paint. Our tent center was set up here first before we could open to the retail customers. And um, so we're doing the best that we can and we'd be open in a week or so here. But, um, but yeah, we've got an outside sales guy. We have a couple of full-time inside guys. We're open seven days a week, 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday. So just covering the open hours requires a certain level of staffing. Right. So not to try to overstaff the store in the beginning, but we've just got a basic obligation to have one or two people in the store at all times. Right. So we've got that covered. And then we've got a, uh, some family members and other people that are part-time workers that can fill in and stuff like that to cover it. And that's the plan in the beginning. Tell me about your role in that plan. Are you planning on managing the store, working in the store, being an outside yeah. salesman? What's your thoughts? So I'm the general manager of the business and I'll work in the store as much as I have to. Um, I, I enjoy working in the store. I, I enjoy helping customers and talking about the products and that kind of stuff. But with that said, there is an, a sort of big picture view that somebody has to take. And there's a lot of things that have to happen, especially in the beginning stages. I, I'm imagining that I'll have more time in the store with customers once we get the store open. Right. Um, which you said but, was but, about a week or two away, right? That's yeah, about a week or two away. And so tell um, me before you move on from here, what condition is your store in a week or two away from opening? If I walked in right now, where are you at? It's all decorated and ready to go, but we're waiting for inventory. Right. So we've got our Benjamin Moore paint. They have a distribution center locally. That's not a problem. 
Um, but it's been a struggle to get materials that come from everywhere else in the country. Right. Um, it seems as though COVID-19 caused suppliers to sell all their inventory, but they haven't been able to backfill it. So, um, and there's also shipping delays and trucking companies are having issues and yep. stuff like that. So we're doing the best that we can. That's really what the delay is. In my experience in the business, I would have thought that I could have already had the store stocked and open. And that's really the only reason that we're not open now is that we've had some delays getting inventory and all the stuff's ordered and expected to come in and hopefully it rolls in and we can get it all set up in the store in the next couple of weeks. Right. And as I've spoken to retailers around the United States, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not aware of any shortages of products on, on paint itself, but I, I am hearing that other things are, are tough to, to get at times. That's been our experience as well. Yeah, yes. so I am hearing that. So there you go. We can validate our experiences there. Good. And so are, are, are you planning on opening up m multiple stores after this? Is this a single store operation? What's the goal here? Yeah, we have a three-store, five-year plan. Okay. So it took us a year to get this store open. I called uh, Benjamin Moore originally in August of last year, and here we are almost in August. So 11 months later, it's come to fruition. Right. With that said, I, I think it's not crazy for me to start planning store number two now. Right. Store number two, by the way, will come much faster and much e much more easily. Thank you. I hope so. Yes, I promise. I promise. But we're really looking forward to having some efficiencies and being able to you know, pool resources and use staff and inventory and delivery vehicles and all the kind of cool things that you can do when you have two stores. Uh, as opposed to this, you, you know, you got you got one store, you, there's things you've got to have. Right. And, and, and when you have two stores, there's things that two stores can share. Right. Including drivers and sales reps. Exactly. Right. Which is a, that's a major expense share. It's nice to be able to take that, whatever you're paying, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 for a, a rep or even fifty, sixty thousand 60000 to run a truck and have a driver. It's nice to be able to divide that by two and let everybody Absolutely. pay Absolutely. And eventually three. And eventually three. three. And so right. the, the goal would be to have three stores in five years. It, are you considered part of the NEP program all through that process or are you now birthed and you're sort of on your own? How does that work? It, it, it's available for additional stores as well. And in fact, one of the things that that program is, I, I, I'm not speaking on behalf of them, but right. what I understand is that that program really is designed to sort of encourage independents to set up more than one store in a regional area that they can service nicely. Right. Yeah. And I know that they have programs called branching out. Cause I remember that from my time there, that's for existing dealers, what I think they right. call legacy dealers uh, who are interested in opening up new stores. But I was curious, like how long would you be considered an NEP? Is that a permanent designation? Or are you like a separate class of customer? I don't know, but I know I, I'm not really sure. If at some point they say, okay, now you're established. Right. Here's your sales rep. And, anymore, right. Yeah. Here's your sales rep. Here's your regional manager and, and you're on your own. I, I, I believe, I don't think that's the case. We've had dialogue about the fact that this is a three store plan right. and, and all of the stores would have the benefit of using that program. Right. And, and so these stores are all going to be, I'm assuming in, in this same general, the Riverside area. Yes. The West in this area, we have a place called the Inland Empire. It's a suburb area of Los Angeles, east of L.A. And our geographic area at the moment is Western Inland Empire. 
Very nice. So we're on the west side. So, so our stores, we got, we're talking about three stores. I envision them being 30 miles apart or so. Right. A triangle, a triangle of stores 30 miles apart or so. Right, right. And, and so what about uh, e-commerce? Has that been part of this process for you? It, not yet. It will be. Yeah. Um, and when we do some specialty items, and we'll have some inventory and some cool finishes and stuff that, are, that work well online. Um, by virtue of being a Benjamin Moore dealer, we've already re received online orders for paint. And that's just people that would go on to Benjamin Moore's national thing. BenjaminMoore.com, buy a sample. Or, or retailer, yeah. Right. yeah. But in, our website does not have e-commerce yet. I would like to work on it. It's not on the top of my list at the moment. But yeah, I, I think e-commerce is is someplace that we could grow our business in the future. Right. And so tell me a little bit about what your target market is, because there are different types of Benjamin Moore retailers. I know m many retailers that have Benjamin Moore as uh, a, a, almost a designer brand in their stores, and they're actually decorating stores. And I know many retailers that uh, are just selling enormous volume. They're in a back room, basically, on a, on a B-quality uh, piece of property, just selling enormous volume to contractors. There's DIY retailers where are you fitting sure. in i think we're a little on the high end side um we can't be all things to all people i feel and and i don't think we can compete on price with some of the guys in the town around we can't compete with home depot sw all of these people on price so with that said I, we've got to do product lines and things that are a little bit unique um so We've got Benjamin Moore products, and in fact, I opened the store with my wife, and, and she's not from the paint business. And the first thing she said is, we're going to match everybody's price. I said, time out. Right. We're not going to match everybody's price. Right, right. And she's amazed because now we've been sort of soft open for two weeks, and we've had tons of customers roll. When I say tons. Dozens of customers roll in in those two weeks. We're in a really great corner. We've got a three-way intersection in a busy area of Riverside. So that was part of our plan was to have high visibility. And people come in and they buy Aura and they buy Regal and it's, you know, 60 to $80 a gallon. Right. And I had to tell my salespeople, don't be afraid to tell them the price. This yeah. It's quality paint. Yeah, exactly. They're buying it for a reason. They're coming here because they want this paint. I used to tell don't my guys all the time, listen, we're selling Benjamin Moore. We are trying to associate ourselves with the premium part of the market. And right. and so that comes with a price and, and it, it is what it is, right? That part right. of it we can't necessarily control. Right. So the customers are coming in and... I had a conversation with my wife the other night. I said, how many of those customers that are spending $80 a gallon complained about the price? Right. She said, none. Right. So what does that tell you? It's our market. Yeah. It, it, there's a value. Value comes in other forms than price. And so we've got to provide all those other values so that somebody's finds finds that the price is not a big issue right to pay an extra 10 bucks a gallon is not a big deal if i get all these other things that if, i'm looking for right if you're getting 20 dollars in value for your 10 dollars, you're happy right. to spend that extra money right so so that's one thing benjamin moore positions us like that and i like that because we also are carrying other high-end decorative finishes my background is with modern masters and yep. then before that it's with a scenic uh, supplier so i'm um i consider myself a decorative finisher I can do workshops and teach people how to do Venetian plaster and glazing and oh, cool. all these you know, metallic finishes and cool stuff. So we're going to do workshops. We're carrying golden paintworks. 
So I've heard of them. What are, I don't, I know the name, but I can't say I know much about them. Yeah. So golden artist colors is the, is the material you'd find in an artist supply store and Hobby Lobby and Dick Blick and Michaels, all these types of art stores. But what if you had to do a mural outside or you had to paint something bright red or bright yellow and you needed artist quality type materials to do that kind of stuff, but you need more than a, toothpaste size squeeze tube right so this is quartz and gallons and bases and stuff like that it's architectural paint with artistic qualities so and also plasters and textures and glazes glazes are kind of like stains if you could you know transparent materials that go over base coats to give you depth depth and dimension and make things look aged and unique and right so so i really love all these exciting decorator finishes imagine wallpaper type finishes but done with paint right we're gonna have we're gonna have flip charts and and boards and things all around the store it's gonna be like a gallery of beautiful high-end decorative wall finishes and so that's that's part of the market right and so tell me what else are you gonna have that goes with that other than coatings are you dealing with any wallpapers or flooring or anything like that it's more tools and supplies that go with those products. We're not doing at, at the moment a wallpaper or carpet or, or blinds or you know Hunter Douglas or anything along those lines. It's strictly right. coatings. Right. Um, our business is called Paint Garden, and actually we named it Paint Garden to give us some flexibility to maybe do a garden center at a larger location down the road. Right. Uh, have an outdoor garden center with plants and paints. You know, a lot of the century suppliers that supply paint stuff also supply garden centers. So uh, we have an interest there as well. At the moment, it's paint garden, uh, could be beer garden, right. could be paint garden. So we are the garden for paint. Right. But if there was another sort of secondary market down the road that we went into, it might be garden. We, I don't, I'm not sure yet. But, um, but we are offering specialty tools and supplies that go with the decorative side. Trowels and you know, very high-end badger blenders and artist brushes and things, uh, wood graining tools and stuff that you can't necessarily find at every paint store. Right. And so do you have any intentions? Tell me who's the, the target that your salesman is going out uh, looking for? Because it sounds to me like maybe some of the movie studios and, and some of the other people in that area well, might be. We have sort be. of a two, two-headed salesman. I'm really more of a salesperson for those things. Okay. I have an outside sales, or we have an outside salesperson, and he's just more of a conventional, uh, typical paint industry salesperson right. going on painting contractors. Um, we were fortunate enough to get involved with a contractor who was redoing Dodger Stadium, the big renovation in center field. And before we I, opened, that's how I saw you. That's actually yeah. how I came across you. I right. saw your posting on LinkedIn. Right. So we've had a, several commercial jobs that have kept us alive during the pandemic and right. stuff like that without having a store. It hasn't made us rich, but it's prevented us from folding right there you go <laughs> so um our salesman is going after normal typical paint store stuff hospitals I, schools right right commercial projects right. Um, painters that are doing both residential and commercial projects right i really am spearhead would be spearheading any kind of effort to go after specialty decorative finishers or people that are involved in the scenic world uh, of fine furniture finishing muralist um theming companies, design build companies that build, that help work on casinos and shopping malls and other themed environments that have these beautiful decorative finishes and use coatings to do those decorative finishes. Um, I also have a background supplying Disney in the past and um, I've been to Tokyo supplying Tokyo Disney Seas and Hong Kong Disneyland and 
most recently Shanghai Disneyland and all of the universal parks and all of the finishes that go there. So maybe there's some opportunities for us on that uh, design, build, theming side as well. And so that's but we're not going to lose for we're not going to lose focus on regular paint sales, but right. these are some of the other sort of ancillary markets that can help give us. Um, diversify our business and, and, and help us. And you get a big job in any one of those, it's, it, it can be a big bonus for us. Right. And that's going to be your specialty. That's going to be your sort of part of your day-to-day tasks. Exactly. Right. And so tell me, uh, this place is going to be opened up, it sounds like, in a week, two weeks, three weeks, somewhere around there? Yes. And and so what's the what's the plan for when you when you uh, pull the plug uh, pull the trigger I should say it, it just so happens that our opening is scheduled to happen around the Fourth of July. Okay, which isn't necessarily the greatest time to do an event. Right. Uh, let's say we did it on the third of July, the Friday. Everybody's uh, ready to go out of town for holidays and stuff like that. So there's no magic, I think, in the date that we do a big celebration and say we're grand opening. So our plan is to open the store as soon as possible. We've been trying to open for five or six months, so just get the doors open. Right. Once that happens, we'll be functioning as normal, and we'll be able to plan out. We're starting the process now because now it's sort of the opening date's becoming more defined. Um, But now we can plan out a real grand opening where we can invite vendors and have food and maybe live music and all that kind of stuff in our – we got a nice big parking lot in the back of our store. So we'll probably do that at the end of July take the next three or four weeks to plan that out and invite people and be able to do it, do it, do it the right way. And so then when do you pull the trigger on store number two? Is that dependent on success here or are you coming in saying, listen, we're going at least two stores right away to test the theory. What's your plan? We're going to move forward right now on the process of planning and identifying a location and the other steps that go along with that. So that's a parallel to opening this store. We are, beginning the process of planning and finding and doing everything that's associated with opening store number two. Russell, you are working hard right now. Thank you. Yes. We're I, excited. We are so excited about this. Yes. And, and so I saw your, I saw a couple of postings about your store on LinkedIn. Uh, the one about the Dodgers was, was the first one quite a while ago when I, when I might've originally reached out and then uh, you pushed me back a little bit because of the delays and in the in the middle there, I saw a, a posting that you had put up of a really beautiful store, not a typical uh, paint store. Yes. And, and so tell me a little bit about what you did there. Well, we're really proud of it. We really felt that the building itself played a part in the perception of the market and who we are and what we do. And we're introducing ourselves right now. We don't want to be a dirty old paint store. Right. And I'm not trying to put down existing stores that don't have aren't all dialed in and look like a designer store. But, but if you're a dirty old paint store, you put them down. I've called on paint stores for the last 10 years. And there's a lot of them where you walk in and the paint's peeling off the walls right. and they're a paint store. Right. So, so I really wanted to try to make sure that people walked in and, and the first impression was, wow, this is a nice place. And paint is a designer item. We've got this beautiful Benjamin Moore color chart, chip chart uh, display in the store. And um, so the whole, and we were fortunate that we found a building where the owner was renovating the building and we were able to include our tenant improvements in their renovation. And we were also able to influence the design of the building. And 
and get a building that fit what our vision was. Right. So we really have a beautiful new front facade. It's a renovated building, but it's a new building for the sake of uh, really what's going on here. And it's all new walls and ceiling and floors and fixtures and everything's all brand new. And, um, and, and my background, again, is sort of a design-oriented background, calling on architects and designers who are doing high-end projects for decorative finishes. So I consider myself a creative person, and I'm really proud of the way the store came out. And so share a little bit uh, about how you set that up. It's a designer store, so you walk in, you don't see a lot of paint when you walk in the door. You, so when you walk in the door, there, we have the designer, or the, I'm sorry, the premium products from Benjamin Moore out in the front. Um, so you do see the premium lines. You okay. see, for example, they have Ben and Regal and Aura and some of the other. There's a bath and spa paint and there's a environmentally friendly product called Natura. So we yep. do prominently display all of the DIY sort of retail premium products. And then we're keeping – and we have a whole line of contractor grade stuff in the back of the store. In the front of the store, we're making an effort to try to – Again, make it look as classy as possible as you can for a paint store. So the floor right. is really nice. The fixtures are all new, and, and that front that front counter is gorgeous. I saw that in your LinkedIn post. We did. So that was one place that I invested more than others. Um, I felt the sales counter is sort of the hub. It's the heart of the store. It's where people are congregating, and we're giving advice there. So we spent a little extra to try to make that sales counter look beautiful, and also designed it so that the whole front around the whole front of it would be an impulse uh, item merchandising opportunity. Right. So that when an important there, part of the business, right? You have to exactly, make money right. on those little items. Right. So we might have a whole display of masking tape, but we're going to make sure two inch blue tape is at the counter. Right. We're going to have a whole display of uh, adhesives, but we're going to have crazy glue and gorilla glue right at the counter. So it's that kind of thing, impulse stuff. So there'll be items in two places in the store with the most fast moving things that people always need right at the counter. Um, we also, you know, made a nice little refreshment area where people can buy snacks and stuff with a refrigerator. We're not looking to get rich on sell. That's not our business, but right. it's a nice little sort of uh, condiment to the business where yeah. people can see. We got a nice, beautiful coffee bar and um, we've got an area where people can choose colors that look sort of like a living room. So it just gives the comfortable feel. We put a 70-inch TV screen on the wall facing that area where people are making color selections. And we have how-to videos playing and commercials telling people, don't forget this and that and in the store. If the Super Bowl's on, we'll be playing the Super Bowl. If the World Cup's on, we'll be playing the World Cup. Whatever it takes to make people feel like this is a comfortable place to go and buy paint. And, and it's, not, it's not an obligation or a, a task. We have, uh, we're selling painting books, books on how to do decorative finishes. So there's like a little library area where you can pop, you buy, again, books aren't, everything's online now, but right. it's cool to pick up a, a binded book that has beautiful pictures of wood grain finishes that shows the ingredients you need to do that and the tools that are, so it's a kind of a library feel almost. Um, we got music playing and just all the things that make it comfortable. Well, that's great. I'm I'm really excited for you. I've seen the pictures. I think it's a great looking store, and and I I love a lot of what I hear you saying. And so it it sounds like you're going to fit in really well with the rest of the Benjamin Moore retailers. Uh, uh, and and you know it sounds like you've got the experience to make this work. So I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. I think it's a really cool opportunity for you guys. 
Thanks so much, Mark. So that's our episode for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Mark My Words podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lipton, and you can hear this podcast. You can like, subscribe, review this podcast at the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Blueberry, or on Stitcher. 